Welcome to my podcast, all about finding balance and inspiration in the busy world of hybrid working. In each episode, I share creative and fun ways of working. I'm your host, Dr. Mara Deepwell. Let's jump right into the episode. On this week's episode, I want to give a little quick progress update on how things are going with my project to reinvent Mondays now that I'm sort of past the four month mark. And to me, time has really flown by. And I remember, you know, starting to give these updates in October last year, and it is mid-February now. So I can't quite believe how many, um, yeah, how many updates have have kind of flown past and also kind of looking back at my previous posts on the topic and I've linked to both the um, blog post for this episode but also a link to previous posts and also if you're keen to listen to more of these on the podcast links of the previous episodes on this topic of which have been, um, I think, about six in this season so far. So definitely plenty of reflection going on. Now, yeah, it's been interesting to to kind of recheck in with how well I'm doing, reinventing my, my Mondays, my weeks, and also how freelance life is treating me overall. So let's jump right in. I'm, I'm going to want to kind of explore three different themes Um, starting with settling into uncertainty. And I think that is a really interesting place for me to be at the moment, because the first couple of weeks of this new chapter in my career, I think I've felt the uncertainty really keenly. I definitely was prepared for it, but at the same time, I think you can't really sort of preempt what this experience is going to be like until you have it and so I think sitting at my desk alone and making up each day as it went along with an empty diary an empty inbox you know just an kind of sense that it was just me and that was pretty much it was really palpable and now you know a few months later while there's definitely still a lot of uncertainty in lots of different places, I feel I've settled into kind of that space. And that's a huge kind of shift in perspective for me. I guess I started this kind of period of transition in a similar way to how I would tackle, a, a, you know, a big new strategic phase of you know, a a changing an organization or leading a team through a particular project or development. And there's always kind of like a, even if you don't quite know where you're going to end up, there is definitely the idea that you will end up somewhere and that there is a particular goal or a particular endpoint in mind, whether it's the timeframe of the strategy that you set or whether it's, you know, particular deliverables that you achieve or milestones that you hit. In one way or another, there is kind of a linear journey. And you might meander off on tangents and you might do some detours and you might end up somewhere different to what you thought, but you end up somewhere um, that is kind of a definite endpoint, or at least in my experience, that's been the case. And I suppose with, with this transition, starting a new adventure in my career and figuring out 
kind of freelance life and running my own business. It's really interesting not to know <laughs> where, where or how that will end up. I don't really know what the end goal is and I'm not really quite sure, you know, when, when that will be either. I haven't given myself a particular kind of time frame to work towards. And although I do have goals, they are very long term. Most of them um, in terms of, you know, making enough money to live off or having a certain work life balance or gaining a certain, you know, joy from work, like they're not necessarily things I can accomplish in a given in a specific limited time frame. So settling into a sort of sense that I don't really know, and that's a good thing, feels like a really big change for me. Because over the last sort of 10, 15 years of my career, the whole point of, of my role was that I would know the answer. So ultimately, if no one else knew the answer, it landed on my desk eventually, and then I would have to make a decision. And that decision defined, you know, defined what the answer would be. So not knowing and that being a good thing is a big change for me. And I think also coming from an academic background where, you know, I'm an, I'm an expert in lots of different things and I have a lot of specific knowledge and I work with a lot of individuals and organizations that value that knowledge and that, you know, experience. And so knowing more about a particular, you know, expertise area of mine is like part of my, you know, part of my trade. So again, not knowing and having uncertainty around you know, <laughs> what I need to know is a new experience in a, on this scale. I think I should say. I am good with, you know, uncertainty in other contexts and invite that in my life as well. But this is definitely a different level. So I think I'm leveling up my comfort level when it comes to uncertainty. So that is definitely something I've been thinking about and working on. And it's very much related to me to something that doesn't work so well for me at the moment, which is the kind of flip side of the uncertainty and being comfortable with that. And that's one of the kind of things that I've developed, which, you know, in the blog post that I wrote about this episode, I called kind of like my CEO brain, um, which is, you know, super helpful capability to have for things like running my business, um, for leadership training, for coaching, for loads of other things, having all of that experience and having the sort of frame of mind of being in an executive position and taking that responsibility is so helpful. And I love being able to trust myself that, you know, I am capable in those contexts and yes, you need me to run this? Sure, I can. Now, I think it's, it's a fantastic amount of um, capability that gives me a, a huge amount of confidence. And when I work with, you know, leaders who are high performing and, you know, really creative in their careers or, or looking to kind of develop and reinvent their businesses, I can 
definitely relate to, you know, where they're coming from. It's a fantastic place to be. But it's also a place to be that is sometimes in conflict with what I actually get paid to do. Because a lot of the work that I currently do doesn't require me to think about the big picture necessarily. I don't have to, you know, necessarily think about or know all that much about the types of organizations that I work for on a very specific project. So I might get paid to, you know, design a workshop or run a short course, but in my head, I might have, you know, redesigned the complete offering or found loads of solutions to problems that they didn't ask me to solve. And I think that's something that's making me smile about my sort of, um, my way of working at the moment is that um, I'm really actively trying to discourage using my brain power and my mental energy for that. So that is, I think, where coaching comes in for me because all my coach training and all the kind of professional development I do around coaching is designed to train me not to solve other people's problems, not to give them solutions, not to provide advice but instead to actively exercise my trust in their own genius, in their own creativity and, and, and show care and be open and curious and help and support, but not solve or dictate an outcome. And so that is, I think, uh, an element of coach training that I hadn't previously, I think, as fully appreciated as I do at the moment. And because I'm privileged to, you know, to work with a range of different clients, a range of different positions, you know, there's certainly a lot of learning happening at my end as well, just to see how I can add the best value, how I can be most, how my coaching can make the biggest difference and the biggest impact and what my clients need when they come and into a session. You can find the links to the resources mentioned in the episode in the show notes. And if you'd like to keep in touch, subscribe to my free newsletter to get a roundup of all the episodes each month, blog posts and free resources directly to your inbox. Now back to the episode. Now, another element of things that are new in this part of my, at this time of my adventure, I should say, is a folder of things I've said no to. Now, my sort of mix of pro bono and paid work is definitely heavy enough at the moment to keep me properly busy. And some weeks or days, I feel maybe I might be overcommitting, saying yes to too many different things. But I am doing that intentionally because I want to have lots of different experiences and try and work and coach in lots of different contexts for the sake of the experience and for the sake of of figuring out how much I like what and what really brings me joy. So at the moment, you know, as well as doing my consultancy, I mentor at a local high school. I do some pro bono coaching with a range of different clients. I write articles and go to events. Um, all of, you know, which I kind of do on an unpaid basis in, in the time 
that I've got. And then I'm doing you know, paid projects as well, mainly sort of course design and leadership development and workshops. And I love having that range at the moment. It, it can feel overwhelming on some days because just all of it is still so new and so many different elements of it require attention or suddenly become much more sort of admin heavy or challenging than you imagined. And things that sort of spark my curiosity don't end up necessarily being particularly practical or helpful to the rest of my week. So I kind of feel it is a privileged position I am in at the moment, being able to say, you know, I can make just enough money from things that pay me to be able to do some extra hours around the edges where I can do loads of other things um, to figure out what really matters, what fills my cup. And along the way of doing this, I also come across things that just aren't a good fit for me, um, regardless of sort of how lucrative they may be or regardless of how you know much of a fit they look like on paper. And so I thought I would like to be able to look at the things I've said no to or the things I've not followed up. And so I've set up a new folder called literally things I've said no to. Now, so far that folder isn't very busy, but it is growing steadily and it is liberating, I think, to, you know, not just keep a list of things I have done, but also a list of things that I could have done, but said no to, to help my decision-making process and to help me understand a little bit more of what I really want to do and where I want to focus my energy. And I suppose what I'm, what I'm, my guess would be that over the next couple of months, the sort of, you know, wildly enthusiastic, yeah, I'll definitely be there, I'll come, I'll do that, no matter how much effort or time it costs me, um, will maybe become a little bit more targeted and the sort of random stuff that I just try out once and then, you know, I know it's not for me, kind of might be decreasing. But we shall see. I have no idea um, how how that will go. And the the kind of main thought I have is that it demonstrates one of the main motivations for me to go and work on a freelance basis, which is that, you know, I now have the choice. And I think often in an executive position, you don't have the choice because although you can maybe shape your role to some degree, the organization's needs largely dictate, you know, who you engage with, what you're working on. And, you know, even when you're running an organization, it, it has needs, it has requirements, it, it needs certain things. And when I think my, my old mentor, um, Margaret, when we worked together, she and I often talked about how much the needs that I have and the, the kind of interests I have overlap with the interests and needs that the organization has. And I, I suppose that was one of the, you know, realization points for me when those kind of two circles of, of things weren't overlapping as much anymore. And I realized it became time to, you know, to move on and think about a, a new paradigm for work, because I suppose for me, 
it didn't really work when the organization's needs and my needs didn't align. So that's something that is different now because the organization is me. And as far as, you know, it goes, my, hopefully <laughs> my own <laughs> needs and values overlap with my own work. So yeah. Anyway, one last thing I want to talk about in this episode is sort of how practically sort of my project to reinvent Mondays is coming along and also how, you know, my, the habits that I have are are kind of helping or hindering me in that venture. And one of the areas I want to pick up on is sort of technology and particularly fitness, because that is something I have been enjoying massively namely doing some exercise in the morning before work. And I guess this isn't a new thing for me because when I used to do a lot of running, I always used to go for a run in the morning before work. But now I'm in a kind of place where I want to do lots of different types of exercise. And some days I might want to do a strength workout and some days I just want to get get sweating and some days I just want to do, you know, yoga and meditation. And so having... um, an app that I can use to do any and all of those workouts is super helpful. And that is one area in which I find technology is really helpful for creating a kind of robust habit to work out, you know, nearly every morning. And in my office where I work out most of the time, sometimes I go on running machine, but most of the time I work out in my office and I have enough room to spread out a yoga mat or to do jumping jacks or whatever it is that I need to be doing. And so that is one area that I've really enjoyed. And it also means that I get a, a quite a clear head at the start of the, the day, which is such a benefit for me. Now I am on the path to doing more running again and hoping to get back to morning runs, but given, you know, asthma and stuff, I can't really easily run when it's raining and freezing in the mornings. So this is a really good solution that works in all weathers and all seasons. So definitely a win. The other thing that I've become better at is taking breaks. And that is a huge win for me in all sorts of ways. I take breaks to step away from the screen, breaks from wearing headphones or from noise altogether, breaks from notifications, break from social media, taking breaks from email, (laughs) all from technology altogether. So all of these different types of breaks have become a much bigger part of my routine. And for me, that is saying something because I think I've always been pretty good at having breaks and I've been pretty good at, you know, not working at weekends and things. So it wasn't like that I'm coming from a place where, you know, 12 hour back to back meetings was like a norm. But what I am feeling where I'm feeling the difference is, for example, how my head feels at the end of the day. And I think getting things like eye strain, stress headaches, kind of feeling super stiff, that could be quite um common for me regardless of breaks previously 
and particularly as you know i often get into a, a kind of flow state concentrating on things for a couple of hours before i know it the time is up and i've you know not had a break or stopped staring at the screen for quite a few hours and so the other day and i started having a bit of a headache and i kind of thought oh you know i really need to have a break I went downstairs, got a glass of water, and I thought, okay, right, you know, let's get back to it. And I was like, well, wait a minute, Maren, like, your head isn't feeling any better than it was five minutes ago. In fact, it's still feeling pretty tense. So how about you do something different for a short amount of time, and then see how you feel. So I, I did something practical for a couple of minutes. And after about 20 minutes or so, my head was completely clear, felt completely normal. And for me, it was a nice kind of little interlude of getting a, a small chore ticked off my list that I kind of just fancy doing something with my hands and kind of something practical around the house. And I did go back to work after about 20 minutes, half an hour, feeling quite refreshed and ready to concentrate again. And that sort of properly stepping back is something that I have the luxury of doing now that I never really had before to the same degree as I do now. Okay, well, before we wrap up, I want to check in with my wish list of things as well, because at the start of embarking on this adventure, my wish list was pretty short, something like make enough money to pay bills, find more joy and balance. And those things are definitely still on my list. But along the way, I've acquired a record player for my study that I've talked about in previous episodes, still the number one thing I enjoy about my homeworking at the moment, lots of happy music. And also, I have some new things on my list that I didn't have before, which is getting a new sit-stand desk, which I am definitely reviewing some options for, and I'm excited to hear um, recommendations for. And also, I'm really looking for more art for my workspace and thinking of repainting one of the walls in my office to become a kind of space where I can write and scribble on the wall and just have a more kind of um, like a studio element to my workspace at the moment, which I don't have. So I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how that works and if I can somehow make that happen for myself, looking into different options for that. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed my update on reinventing Mondays. No doubt before we know it, it's the fifth month past and there'll be another one of these. Thanks so much for listening in and have a really good end to your week. Thank you for listening to Leading Virtual Teams. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, you can find the links to the tools and resources we talked about in the show notes or head over to marandeepwell.com forward slash podcast. Thank you.